When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode of the 80s Glam Metalcast, we talk to former Celtic, or do you say Celtic, Frost guitarist, Oliver Amberg. Oliver plays on the infamous Cold Lake, which I like. We go through it all, and we talk about the projects he's involved with today. Check it out. Oliver, welcome to the 80s Glam Metalcast, and let me start off officially saying, Hey! Hey! <laughs> great to be here, Mike. Thank you for the invitation. Great. No problem, man. So you have a lot of different projects that you've worked on over the years. Why don't you tell the listeners about some of them? Uh, the, after a long, long break from music and music business in general, I uh, started tw- uh, 2014 with the Boris Karloff Syndrome. That was a project with a German singer, uh, Natalie Pereiro de Santos. And I had a few guests on the album, uh, for example, Tommy Fettley from Coroner. You probably heard of him. Yes, yep. <laughs> and that was like the, the the rebirth of Amberg. And later on, I just f- uh, founded uh, Kissing Lucifer. Uh, this is a project I'm doing with a uh, Swiss singer, Dave Fabian. And we released already three albums and two uh, EPs. Then I have The Haunted Echoes. Um, this is a project I worked together with a, a singer, Katie Berkey from Nashville, uh, the Robert McLean from Toronto, Max Sadie from London. It's very uh, an amazing project. And then at the end is Sulphur Kings. This is an instrumental project which I'm doing together with Max Sadie. This is my, like, my drummer in quotes you know he's the man he, he plays drums on every project i'm doing so yeah that's a brief overview what i'm doing right now no and i had talked to you and i had listened to um the uh, haunted echoes and i listened to the song carnival and i thought it was really good man i can't really put my finger on what kind of music it is could you maybe explain what it is it's good music yeah <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> no, I, because I, you know i think genres are always difficult yes and I don't like to have genres. So uh, for me, it's always like music that I enjoy listening to, and then there's the other music. So <laughs> um, I think it's, it's probably a little bit classic rock with some new shit influences, yeah, some, some, some weirdo stuff, like a little bit of Queens of the Stone Age, uh, a little bit of Nine Inch Nails, just the things that... Uh, walk towards me. It's it's always like an accident when I when I write songs. It's an accident. It was kind of uh, I like it because um, it was a little offbeat and it had some um, you know kind of sarcastic humor in it as well. So I'll put a link in the uh, this video so everybody can check it out because I thought it was really cool. Thank you, I appreciate it. All right, so let's set this straight first. Is it Celtic Frost or Celtic Frost? Because I've heard Tom say it either way. How do you say it? Celtic Frost. Celtic Frost. Okay. 
So we'll, we'll refer to it as Celtic Frost. I got to admit, I've always said it as Celtic Frost. I think there's even a video. You guys are on Headbangers Ball with Adam Curry. You remember this? Yeah, I remember. I was quite wrong. So uh, I, I probably said it wrong. <laughs> so you, you guys were saying, I think you guys were messing with him. He'd say Celtic, you'd say Celtic, then he'd say Celtic, yeah, and yeah. you'd say... <laughs> Go go for Tom's version. I, I'm not relevant in this case. <laughs> so you um, so you obviously played on the one album, the most controversial one, the one that Tom Gabriel yeah. wants to wipe off the planet. What the hell is everybody's problem with Cold Lake? What do you think? Oh, I think it's it's the, the photographs. <laughs> that's the main problem. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that didn't help the album at all. The the whole image and when you. Uh, have seen us on tour later on, we looked completely different then. And I think that wasn't maybe the smartest move to have pictures like that. And there's also a lack of heaviness when we talk about the production. So um, there are demos from Cold Lake that are much heavier and people who heard it, they're quite uh, amazed about it how it sounded before, before we went into the studio, actually. So I think the people weren't ready and people weren't forgiven about the image that we transported then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of hate going on. And still, that, that's what, what really puzzles me, you know, after 30 years or more. Uh, yeah, but it's it's here. It's an album that, uh, that, yeah, that has fans and that has a lot of the haters there. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I, I was 12 years old when it came out, and uh, I, I loved all the glam stuff from, from uh, L.A., and I was starting to discover thrash metal, and uh, this was the first Celtic Frost album, or Celtic Frost. I'm probably always going to say Celtic, um, I, but I ever heard, and I loved it. I thought it was great, um, and I guess I wasn't really familiar with what the band was all about prior, so for me, this was like, hey, I like this. It's different. Yeah, but that's a great way to 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 hear to hear the album if you don't know the band. Yeah, like how it sounded before, so it was absolutely fresh and new for you, and you you don't you didn't have any prejudice. Right, Just you liked it or not, and you liked it. That's great. Before Celtic Frost, you played in Corner, which we were just talking about. So is that how you yeah. guys knew each other? Yeah, that's uh, you know. Switzerland is so, so tiny, and uh, the Swiss music scene is even smaller, so everybody knew everybody. But, uh, like, the coroner and uh, Celtic Frost were very close, uh, but not in the, in the beginning, because when I was in coroner, we were more uh, like the new British heavy metal, way, uh, new wave of British heavy metal, like Jews, Priests, uh, Iron Maidens, Queen's Rite, stuff like that. And later on, we became more of the Koran that you know from the records. So at the very beginning, we were like a new wave of British heavy metal bands. Make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So some of the things in the, that he said about the album is he said that it's, he seems to blame the lineup at the time for their contributions. But in, but in my thought is it's not like he pulled you from Cinderella or Poison. I mean, like I said, you were, <laughs> you were in a pretty heavy band. So is that kind of off base, what he's saying there? You know, when you just look at the songs, at the riffs, uh, just forget about production, uh, some lyrics, it's a quite heavy album. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think there were like some words that appeared in the lyrics that people were like, ooh, what's wrong with these guys? Sleazy, 
stuff like that, you know, that, that was like, ooh, that, these are words that Celtic Cross shouldn't have used. Right, right. In, in their opinion. But I think it was okay then. We had a lot of fun, to be honest. And uh, it, it was cool back then. And yeah, now it's some people live with it, live with it uh, others just still hate it. It's, it's okay for me. I was trying to find some comments that he said, and these might be more in recent years, but he said, it's an utter piece of shit, the worst album ever created in heavy music. Um, what was? But what was he saying when you guys were making the music? What was the, I mean, you guys weren't going into it thinking like this is going to be a flop, right? I mean, do you think when it was being made, was there a good energy going on? We had a lot of fun, to be brutally honest. We, we enjoyed to make this record, uh, especially in the beginning when the the... The songwriting was going on. We, we had a lot of uh, a lot of laughs, and we had a good time then. And I think it just didn't turn out how everybody expected it, and that, that gave uh, some anger and some uh, frustration to the people. Also, everybody who was involved in, in the band. But actually, we were a four-piece band, and it wasn't only me, you know, who, who wrote the songs. Right. So it, it was teamwork, actually. Okay. When you listen back to all the interviews, it was it was okay then. It changed, right, right. And let's face it: if this album was became a big hit, you know there would have been a Cold Lake too, probably. You know, like a, a follow up that would have been very similar. I'm sure. Mm, no, I wouldn't uh, sign that because you know, Caltech was always ready for surprising the people with something completely different. So. We wouldn't have no. I just can say from my point of view, I was a really uh, uh, an uncomfortable person back then. I, it was a pain in the ass to work with me okay. for Tom because I, you know, I was just like a young guy who got a, a, a record contract. I toured. I had the, the chance to, to to produce an album, and I was just behaving like a prick. Mm-hmm. It was like wow. Here I am. I'm a rock star now. Please, uh, yeah, I'm a king now. And that was pretty heavy for the for the other guys, especially for Tom. Is that what got you fired from the band? Is the kind of attitude you had? Yeah, attitude and some abuse uh, of certain stuff. I was a mess back then. Wow. To be brutally honest, I was a mess. And I think if I had the wisdom <laughs> as I have now everything would have turned out so, so different because I wasn't focused on the music like Tom always was, you know. For Tom, Celtic Frost was his life and like uh, he was always focused on the music. I was focused focused on playing live and having a party. Mm-hmm. And that was really sad, actually. It happens. You know, it's happened to a lot of people and it's, it's good to hear that, you know, you uh, kind of went in a different direction and you're doing good now, right? <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that, that's fine. You know, I, I, can't back the, I can't turn back time. That's, that, that's the thing. And uh, Tom and, and I, we're close friends now today and uh, everything is, is just perfect. But back then, it was really hard to work with me. And I wouldn't want to have me in, in the band. Mm-hmm. So if we look at some of the songs, I think, and you probably think this by as well, I think that, like, and you mentioned the image, I think the old fans were kind of listening with their eyes because songs like They Were Eagles, 
juices like wine, downtown Hanoi. Even Cherry Orchards is kind of eclectic with the female vocal piece on there. And that's kind of similar to stuff that was on Into Pandemonium. Um, I know they had some female vocals on that album. So right. yeah, I, I don't think musically, aside, like you said, from saying sleazy or tease me or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff, um, it's not that different musically, really. It's a little more straightforward, but it's, I don't think it's that. It's still his voice. You know, he's still doing all the same kind of stuff. Yeah, it it was just a little bit too polished here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, from from the production, it's like the the guitars were quite tamed and everything was sounding okay, but not really rough and not that there was a lack of aggress aggressiveness. That uh, yeah, that was really a little bit of a problem. But as you say, when you just focus on the riffs and on the song structures, there were quite heavy songs on it downtown hanoi it's a monster song actually yeah i like that one a lot um yeah were you guys getting influenced by the american la scene were there certain bands that you guys were kind of listening to and 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 incorporating that into the sound you you couldn't avoid them back then you know you had garden roses cinderella fast pussycat whatever and they were really really cool and i i I even hung, hang out with uh, with Axl Rose back then when we toured uh, the States. I was even pissed with this guy. <laughs> no and, kidding. Yeah, uh, it was it was really funny because uh, he, he was like a really friendly guy, and we just uh, stood at at the bar and I said, "Hi, I'm Oliver from Switzerland." I said, "Oh, I'm Axl from here," and blah blah blah. And he, he was chilled and Guns and Roses and. Those kind of bands, I really appreciated them, uh, still do. Not what they do now, but what they did back then. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, my whole podcast is kind of devoted to that era, and people still like that era. It was a huge movement. Um, and like you said, some of these bands, not all, but like you said, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, a lot of these 80s bands can still draw huge crowds. People are still interested in what they're doing. So, you know, it's still part of it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a fun time, and you know, it was also the problem that some of the bands they were so uh, they they were lookalikes like the other bands. Yeah. So they made such good music, just like I think Cinderella with Tom Kaifer, they were really great. They had a, a really a blues approach in yes. their in their music, but it was like a little bit covered up by their makeup and their hair and their videos every video looked the same yes yeah so, you know throwing guitars behind your back etc everybody wanted to do it and so it was like yeah it was the ordinary but appetite for disruption still a massive masterpiece for me it's just a great album oh for sure and when we think about the image when i think about you if you look at the back cover you you fit right into the image very well. I think that that seems pretty natural for you. But and then your bass player, that was, I think that one always kind of strikes me as funny. He's got his pants unzipped and he's got suspenders on. And, and some of those, like I said, maybe it worked then. But when you look at it now and it's like, huh, really? Yeah, that was that was really an accident, actually. Was it? <laughs> yeah, his pants just got broken, and we didn't have spare pants. No, that's not not a joke. And, <laughs> And I think in our craziness back then, we thought, okay, let's do it. The, the photographer is here and uh, no, show, no shops are open. <laughs> let's do it. 
Um, yes, I think it's not very cool. <laughs> no. And one thing that I always notice is that anytime I see Tom uh, in any photos of, from that era, he's always got a LA gun shirt on. Did he have one LA gun shirt or did he have a ton of the same shirt? I, I don't know. I, you know, it's really hard for me to, to remember anything from that time. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys did the Hammersmith show that came out on video. I was reading a lot of yeah. comments, and they said that that show was not that packed, and that it was edited the way so you couldn't see that. Is that true? Do you remember that? How like how was there a big attendance or no? No, no. no? Okay. I, you know, back then there was no this uh, no big uh, after editing uh, business. You know, you had the your your uh, footage and you had your sound and you just cut it together. So there was nothing that we just made afterwards. It's not like uh, Unleashed in the East or another live album. Uh, so it's it's really it was the show that you hear on the on the on the video. I used to watch it on VHS all the time, and my friends and I we, we loved watching it. And one thing that always struck me as funny about Tom is when he talks live, he talks with a very heavy accent. It almost seems like he could hardly speak English, right? Because he's like, uh, you know, Dave, ego. He's got this crazy voice. And then I, I went back and I watched some um, interviews with him, and I, I couldn't even tell that he had it hardly has an accent. So is that like a voice that he perpetuates just for the live shows or what? Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clue. Sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because I expected him to have this, you know, really thick accent. And uh, when, when I watched him, I watched that Headbangers Ball clip with you guys. And then I think he did another one uh, in the European Headbangers Ball. And he's, he's kind of soft-spoken. And he, and, he's, and he barely, I could hardly tell that he had any kind of accent. So it was, I thought it was funny that he kind of used that, that voice when he spoke live. Yeah, m- must be some sort of accent because it's English. It's, it's really good at So yeah. ultimately... You got, like I said, you got fired out of the band. What did you do after? Did you form another band or do anything? Yeah, I had a band called Lickin' a Promise. Okay. And we uh, had the same management as Celtic Frost back then. And uh, the drummer from Marillion should have produced our album, but everything just went up in smoke. We, we produced a, a 10 song demo, I think. And again, it was. Uh, Mr. Amberg, who fucked it up because oh, I, was, I wasn't, uh, yeah, they, the guys couldn't handle me, the other guys, so yeah. And then I had a band called Amberg. Is it that cool? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much fantasy. And uh, that was uh, with Steve Priestley. Okay, yeah. And my, um, my wife back then, uh, Janine. Uh, she sang, and we had Dominic Steiner, also known from Celtic Frost, from the to Megatherium. So, and we, we just recorded uh, one EP, and it didn't work out either, because married couples shouldn't be in a band. That's my <laughs> advice. I understand, okay. It's not really clever. And then, yeah, I think then I made a, a huge break, a huge break. I was really, like, fed up from... Not from from the music, but from everything around it. You know, the business, the the rehearsals, the, all that stuff. I was just like, I was tired of it, and I I, I really needed a break for me, my uh, for my mind, for my body, everything. When you got started, who were some of your heroes on guitar? Ace Freely. Yeah. Yes, he was the man. 
you know, when I was a young kid, there was one band that was good and that was Kiss. Yeah. Every other band just was not interesting. It just sucked. So my <laughs> record collection was really small <laughs> and cheap. And A3 was God to me back then. Yeah. But then I, I discovered Eddie Van Halen, uh, stuff like that. And I said, okay, maybe there are some other bands who could be interesting too, besides Kiss. And then I was opening my horizons. Lucky me, because uh, if I would have st uh, stuck just to Kiss, uh, it would be a, a miserable life. What uh, you got a favorite Kiss album? It, yeah, it's probably Kiss Alive, mm. and um, it's re Revenge actually. Revenge, yeah, Revenge is great. You know, it's hard because Kiss kind of went through so many different uh, phases. You know, you could. You could put Revenge next to Dynasty, and, and you could say that might not even be the same band. So uh, I know I think like the classic era, the one that really I feel is the most sounds like the classic Kiss is probably Rock and Roll Over for me. I really like that one, but I love oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love Creatures of the Night, Creatures of the Night, and uh, also I like Revenge too. So there's these kind of key moments in their career where they really come out strong, and then sometimes they kind of get lax, you know, where like in the 80s, you know, some of those aren't ever going to be looked at as some of their greatest albums, but Kiss seems to always come back with a strong album every few years, so. Absolutely, yeah. I love all the, the really old albums, like uh, Dress to Kill, stuff like that. You know, they have this this great 70s, 80s vibe, just that sound, minimalistic, but really groovy and cool. Um. So a lot of people say, and I know you were out of the band, but they say that Cold Lake did permanent damage to uh, Celtic Frost because at that point, I think they did Vanity Nemesis, which I thought was a really cool album. But I want to say after that, they were done. Do you, but you think that Cold Lake was the was the nail in the coffin for those guys for a while? Ooh, that's, that's a tough question. Uh, I think, yeah, it, it wasn't really uh, helping Celtic Frost's career. Not at all. Um yeah, probably it was it was really the wrong record for this band. But now, if you look at what Tom achieved now, and he's more productive and more creative than ever before, you know, it's okay because now he has his new band, he has his new projects, and he's just doing great. Uh, and I, I really love the stuff that he is putting out now. So, would that have been happened? Without Cold Lake, other question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you think that? Um, do you think at this point they? I know they haven't reissued Cold Lake or remastered it with with all the other um, albums. Do you think that they should? Uh, um, I think if they would, it would doesn't have that much weight anymore because mm -hmm. now it's like the forbidden album because you can't get it anymore. You can't stream it. Yeah it's like it's gone but i really think that that's only tom's decision it's his band his baby and uh, if he just doesn't want it anymore so be it yeah but i think um you know look at let's go back to kiss um kiss has had a few duds uh, the uh, music from the elder is probably their biggest dud but you know what you can still get it Kiss won't play songs or anything from it live, but you know there are fans that say, "Hey, I love Kiss the Elder," or "I love when they went disco." You know what I mean? So I feel like it should be out there. Um, you know, if you're yeah, but I think the problem is that Tom is not cheating. 
I, I think Gene sells everything as long as it sells. Right. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yep. But I, I, just by the way, I love the album. Yeah, it's cool. It's definitely Do a cool album. Do you like it? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's, I'll be honest. I, I do, but I, I don't think it was ever really realized. You know what I mean? I don't think they really, I think they were going in with the right thought. Like, oh, let's do a concept album. Let's do something different. But I don't know if it really, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's there. <laughs> That's just my opinion, you know, so. Yeah. No, I, I don't see it as a concept album at all. No, you know, no. There is uh, Operation Minecraft or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a concept album. This is a random song collection with some lyrics that are, ooh, only just the boy, come on. <laughs> but you know what they say, Oliver, is they say, you know how the end of that album, you can hear like a, people talking, there's like a dialogue at the end? Well, the, supposedly there's dialogue that's been recorded that makes the story flow, and I know they released the songs out of order because the record company didn't you know wanted to start off with like a heavy tune or something like that so i know the record company chopped it up they say that there's different dialogue out there somewhere now i'm really surprised that kiss hasn't reissued that you know what i mean with all the um the way it was you know i think they've reissued it the way it's supposed to flow but not with all the that speaking part so maybe they could who knows maybe they will once they uh pack it in for good as a touring act maybe they'll start you know releasing some stuff from the archive so we'll see there will be the super The Elder Walls for $10,000. <laughs> Brought to you by Mr. Gene Simmons. Yeah, it'll be like a, you'll, you can get a buy an elder door or something like that and put it on your house. You know, I mean, you know, who knows? You never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, any final thoughts? Anything you want to say to your fans out there? I love my fans. Those few fans? No, really. I. What I really ex- uh, experienced uh, within the last years, there are so many people out there, lovely people, Celtic Frost fans, and um, I mean die-hard Celtic Frost fans, who still uh, are in contact with me, who are uh, following me, what I'm doing musically, and I really do appreciate it. That some of them became friends, and it was for me, it was a big honor to be a part of Celtic Frost history, and but I won't uh, apologize to some people who think I'm a dirtbag <laughs> because maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. But I think 30 years, I'm free of charge now. Uh, they shouldn't blame me anymore. They can, of course. It's, it's fine. Uh, listen to my new music, maybe judge me again. And if I'm still a dirtbag, then it's fine. I'm happy with that. Definitely. Well, hey, man, I'm so glad that, uh, once again, just to give the people listening uh, uh, an idea of how this all came about, I posted a, a video clip on Twitter, which I always do that kind of stuff, and then somebody tagged you on it, and then you, you responded to me, and that's how we kind of got talking. Uh, I didn't know you were on Twitter. You know what I mean? A lot of times you just you try to find a lot of your uh, you know your old heroes from, from music on there, and I didn't know you were out there. So I'm glad that we able, were able to connect. And for me, it just... Uh, I think my whole journey with the podcast is I'm trying to go back and, um, you know, revisit albums and revisit, you know, t- all of that stuff that meant a lot to me back when I was a kid. So I really appreciate that you would talk to me about this era because for me, it meant a lot to me. I thought it was really cool and uh, I was glad that we got to speak. Hey, very appreciated. Thank you very much. And you, you make a great show. That's really cool, Mike. Oh, uh, 
Thanks a lot, Oliver. Well, hey, man, you stay healthy and safe. Uh, we're going to get through this thing, and uh, I wish you luck with all your music that you're doing. Hey, I wish you all the best to and to all your listeners and fans. Well, that was cool talking with Oliver about that album and era that Tom Gabriel wants to forget. But I think everybody should give Cold Lake another chance. Maybe this song will convince you. Here we go. Everyone's talking about cherry orchards, pronouncing W's like V's, and wearing LA Guns tees. Hey! All we are saying is give Cold Lake a chance. Ugh. All we are saying hey, is give Cold Lake a chance. All glammed out with pants unzipped, heavy riffs, lyrical sleaze. Reissue it, please. Hey, all we are saying is give Cold Lake a chance. Hey, all we are saying is give Cold Lake a chance. 